Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I have the honor and privilege to introduce you all to an awesome guest, someone who I've known for about three decades, Troy Cobb. Troy is the Executive Sales Director for Scent IT. How are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Octavius. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm really excited about this. Troy, I am as well. My friend, let me start off by asking you, where did you grow up? I grew up in a great town called Willingboro, New Jersey. And why I say that is because Octavius knows about Willingboro. But I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not going to say anything else about Willingboro or Willingboro High School football. That's it. Or track. I'm not going to say anything else. Oh, do I? Do I? I definitely know <laughs> about Willingboro. I, I have a question, and I was thinking about this as I was preparing for the podcast and looking at your impressive background, what is a Chirima? What, what, what are the Chiramas? Willenboro Chiramas. I've always wondered about that when you guys were beating us or we were beating you back in the eighties, we won't, we won't tell our age here, but <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so a Chimera oh. is how it's pronounced. C-H-I-M-E-R-A-S. The Chimera is this a lion, with wings, and I think it has like a serpent tail. It's a fictional character um, that's just supposed to be all powerful. Wow. Well, now you know I graduated from the University of Minnesota, so forgive me. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting, Troy, is, you know, when we, you know, started talking and communicating on social media, I think it's a testament to the importance of looking at that platform as an opportunity to develop relationships. You know, you and I, again, played against one another in high school when I was at Pemberton, you know, for those mighty Hornets and you were at Willenboro. But we would communicate in DMs, not just like one another's posts, but communicate and really check on one another, just even if it was a how are you doing? So how has social media helped you get to the point you are as it relates to having developed relationships in business? Uh, so my the number one social media platform that I use for business is LinkedIn. So what LinkedIn allows a small business owner like myself to do is to build from a platform that's relatively inexpensive and you get to, as long as you're dedicated to it, you get to form your brand on that platform. Um, whereas before, if you didn't, have some type of television, uh, enough money to get on TV or enough money to get on radio, you really didn't have a path, platform to build your, your brand. So LinkedIn allows you to do that. And, uh, and you just got to be consistent with it and be conscious of how you're building your brand. Uh, one thing that I learned is since I'm IT and when I first got on LinkedIn or bought this IT company and I got on LinkedIn, I'm just cybersecurity, IT, you got to have this, you got to have that. And my, um, my mentor, my franchisor, he said, you know what, you got to tell people about you. You notice when, when Sense IT Corporate um, puts something out on, on LinkedIn, it's hardly ever about cybersecurity. It's almost always about our, our guys, the employees that work for Sense IT, things we're doing for charity, um, special events that we have. We hardly ever talk about IT. So um, I started doing that, talking more about how I grew up, talking more about the things I believe in. And 
those were the the posts that I would get thousands of comments and, and, and views on. Whereas the other posts where I talk about cybersecurity, think, things I think are important to people in their business, I might get two, 300 uh, views and, uh, and comments on. So I uh, yeah. learned a lot from that. You know, that's interesting that you say that, Troy, because I'm always fascinated by content on social media that has nothing that's going to help anyone progress within their career or even as a person. Yeah. that will get hundreds of likes because of the type of content it is. And I won't get into what that content is. I think you know where I'm coming from. And our uh, listeners or people who are watching, they know what I'm talking about. But then you get someone like yourself or some of the other professionals that I admire who really post compelling content that's going to help someone enhance their core competencies or focus on how to execute on their goals, or in the case of your business, become more astute as it relates to IT, which is one of the most profitable industries out there, and we'll get 30 likes, 40 likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you laugh at that stuff as well? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I'm, I'm dropping knowledge for people that usually don't have an opportunity to talk to an IT professional. Uh, at least not for free, and it's like, yeah, okay, I, I hear you, Troy. Thanks for for giving us that knowledge. Uh, but if I talk about a mini bike that I got for Christmas, man, like five thousand people think that's awesome. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Troy, with that said, tell me about Sense IT. What type of company it is? What it is you all do, and your value proposition? Awesome, awesome. So Sense IT is a what we call an MSP, managed services provider. What we do for small businesses, we become your IT department. So instead of having to go out and hire an IT guy for maybe 70, 80 grand a year, and you have that one IT guy, and he still needs benefits, and he still needs to go on vacation, and what do you do when he's out sick? You hire us as your IT team for a fraction of the cost. So with us, you get a help desk. We have 60 plus guys on the help desk. Our help desk is the American help desk up in Boston. Um, we put our Sense IT mouse pad next to every one of your computers or your users, and it has our 1-800 number on it. And they have unlimited access to that help desk. They can call them as many times per day as they want to, and you're not gonna get any extra bill for that. 90% of the time, our help desk can remote into your computer and solve the problem. The other 10% of the time is when we send the tech on site. And there's not going to be an extra bill for that either. It's unlimited on site as well as unlimited um, tech support from the help desk. Uh, we pride ourselves on as well. When you call our help desk, 98.3% of the time, we measure that number every month, 98.3% um, of the time you will be on the phone with a tech the moment somebody picks up the phone. In other words, we don't have a receptionist pick up the phone saying, okay, let, tell me what your problem is. Okay, here's your ticket number. As soon as the tech is available, we'll call you back. We don't do that. We have techs picking up the phone and immediately working on the problem. And that's, that's a big game changer for um, our clients, particularly ones that had an IT company, were not happy with them and switched to us. They're just like, man, I love Cinch. I pick up the phone. I'm immediately working on this problem, not waiting a day for somebody to call me. Awesome. Awesome. And Troy, that leads me to wondering, you know, as a youth, 
what is it that you wanted to be? You know, about that time when Pemberton was beating Willenboro in various sports, especially uh, football. What is it that you wanted to be as a youth? And what led you to IT? Uh, you really messed me up with uh, <laughs> that fake news you put on the front of that <laughs> From my recollection, from freshman year to senior year, I don't remember ever losing the Pemberton. But anyway, so I always wanted to be a businessman. And I remember telling people that and telling my mom that. And she said, well, what kind of business do you want to run? I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know what kind of business I want to run. I said, oh, one day it's going to strike me. One day it's going to happen. And I'm going to be like, that's the business I want to run. And I didn't think it would take, you know, until I was in my 50s for it to happen. But when COVID hit and the, the um, company I was working for got hit pretty hard, um, particularly the vertical market that I was in, which was uh, live events, Mm -hmm. um, I sold into that market for high-end projectors and direct view LED walls. Um, just live events weren't happening anymore. So the dealers or the what we call stagers that would buy that equipment weren't buying anything. And then on top of it, the equipment that they had was just sitting in storage and not collecting any hours, not getting anywhere and tear on it. So, the, so I, I was seeing that calendar that time span of when they would start buying again kept getting longer and longer the longer COVID lasts. And I said, well, it's time for me to make a decision because to me, the writing was on the wall what was going to happen with my position. And there was an opportunity um, offered by the, um, by the government that said, hey, you can take some money out of your 401k without having to pay a penalty and, uh, and do what you need to do. So that's what I did. And I decided I didn't want to, I wanted a business but I did want to start from scratch. I, I knew I wanted a franchise model. So um, went on the internet, started searching, researching franchises and saw Cinch IT. And I immediately understood what they did because the company I was working for had always outsourced their IT. Um, I was there for 10 years. And the whole 10 years we had outsourced IT. And I knew the pain points of dealing with an outsourced IT company. And so when, when I interviewed with Cinch and they told me how customer service was was number one in their book and how you can pick up the phone an unlimited amount of time and call the help desk. We couldn't do that with the IT company we had. Uh, we had to call our operations manager, get permission from the operations manager um, that the problem was bad enough to call the IT company because they knew they were going to get a bill and they didn't want to <laughs> get a bill for some stupid problem that they could have solved themselves. So I said, man, this is a whole different model. Um, it's a one low monthly fee model. I think we, I can really make this work, and, and it's been going really well for me. I made the right decision, I think. And what were some of the challenges that you had to come? You know, we all face adversity when we're doing something, you know, different and new. What was that for you, and how did you overcome it? Um, the toughest part, I, so when you come in the sense IT, if you decide to be a franchisee, you there's, you got to have two employees. One is your sales guy. The other guy is your tech. And you get to, as the owner, you get to choose which guy you want to be, or you can be the owner and hire both guys. And I was like, there's no way I could do that. Be the owner and hire two guys. And just, I would, they would hate me because I would be down there at the road. I would, I think I would be micromanaging too much. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be the sales guy. I, I got a sales background and I'm going to hire a tech. And um, that's the way I did it. And, and sales has been, it's been challenging, especially during COVID. Um, when I got into this thing, it was December of 2020, 
And then, um, and we were in the middle of COVID. I'm thinking we're probably at the end of COVID, right. but we were really in the middle. And so for the next three months, we, we trained, went up to Boston to the headquarters, got some training and uh, came back and really didn't kick the business off until April um, of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started really doing business. And it was like I came out of the gates with five clients within the first couple of months. I was just like, man, this is going to be easy. And then I went about six months with no no new clients. Um, just living off of the business from my present client <laughs> and trying to figure out why in it, why, why did this thing dry up? What happened, you know? But then business finally starts coming. You keep priming that pump, priming that pump, priming that pump. Do your networking, do your direct mm-hmm. mail, do your, do your cold calls, and it's going to come back around. And finally, it started coming back around, and I've been – uh, on a pretty steady pace for the last three or four months of adding on new clients and and uh, and making the business grow. And it's really felt good. But this ain't easy. This ain't for everybody. Um, sometimes I lay awake at night thinking, what in the heck was I thinking? I could just be getting a check every two weeks like I used to. Now I'm bumping and grinding, man, trying to make this thing happen. But um, I know that in the end, I'm going to be really glad that I did it. But if it was easy, everybody would do it, and it definitely ain't easy. Okay. And as an, as an entrepreneur, someone who's in the type of business that you're in, you always hit that crossroads where you have to make a decision. Yeah. Do I give up and try something different, or do I stay the course? Mm-hmm. When was it that you were at that crossroad, that crossroad and what, it, what is it that you did, Troy, to motivate and inspire yourself to persevere and to keep going? When I, when I told my wife what I was thinking about doing, um, she pretty much told me, we make this next step. There's no turning back. There is no turning back. I don't care how hard it gets. You're going to keep going and keep going and keep going because I know you can do it. And I'm going to back you with everything I can possibly back you with. And it's about to bring tears to my eyes, man, because she literally lived up to that. Every point where I felt like, man, should we just give up? When I went through that five-month period, man, when I wasn't bringing on any new clients, I was interviewing clients, but just they weren't the right fit for, for the services I was offering. You know, I was out there grinding, but um, it just wasn't coming through for me. But she just, she, she never wavered. She's never wavered, and she's just been my rock, man. And um, I, I don't think I had a choice, man. I couldn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> that she, is awesome. Yeah, was, yeah, when I start getting discouraged, she, she just holler out, boots on the ground. Put them boots on the ground. Let's make it happen. There you go. Man, if you got a partner like that, like I have, you, you just don't have a choice, man. You got to make it happen. That is awesome. That is awesome. And the reason why it is, because you hear so often – people posting on social media about the support that they get is normally from people that they don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And here you are the most important, one of the most important people in your life provided you with that support was right there by your side, giving mm-hmm. you that inspiration. How is, how important is that for someone who is looking to become an entrepreneur or try any type of endeavor that is outside of their comfort zone to make sure that they have in place to have that stability to be successful. 
if you already having problems in your marriage, being an entrepreneur is not a step to take <laughs> if you don't have a solid, a solid relationship with your spouse. Um, it will test your relationship. Um, and it will it will let you know if you really do have what we like to call a ride or die. Yeah, I, I've got a real ride or die, man, because it's been a tough road, but um, we're finally heading up that hill now, and, and it's going it's going to be good. I think we're going to be real happy this time next year. That is awesome. That is awesome. First of all, kudos to your wife for providing you that support and being your rock. I love to hear that. Yeah. Let's let's go back a little bit, and you know think about you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, what you would have told Troy then so mm. that you wouldn't hit some of the pitfalls that you've hit over your career? Because, you know, I am as authentic as they come. You mm. know, and I've experienced failure that came, became the foundation to my future success. So I like to be very forthcoming to my audience as it relates to the type of failures that I experienced, how I overcome came those failures and then to um, see if they can implement it into their personal or professional lives. So what would you tell the, the, the Troy 10, 15, 20 years ago that would have helped you avoid some of those pitfalls? Uh, I would have I told myself, don't bank on other people believing in you mm -hmm. um, just because you believe in yourself. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people will hold you back or keep a foot on your neck. And I think we all know what I'm talking about. But um, and, and it's not necessarily racism, um, but there is definitely some implicit bias going on in, in, in most workplaces today. You know, Troy, one of the things that I've spoken to people about in the past was the challenge within the IT industry as it related to qualified minorities being provided opportunities, more specifically women. Uh, what has your experience been like? It's hard to say when, when you're in business and you're doing business with another business, I'm not, I don't know how much race or bias really plays into that mm -hmm. um, i'm sure it does with some people but my experience has been as long as i've been able to explain the product well speak clearly be able to answer their questions um i've been able to win the business without any problem um but i think when you walk in as a minority you have to you have to be on your game more so than 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 your your counterpart. Um, I can't make very many mistakes and get away with it and still win the business. Um, I was I beating myself up about a presentation I did a couple of weeks ago to a law firm. Mm -hmm. Felt like it was the worst presentation I had done, be and more so for the executive summary I had put together for why they needed our IT and our cybersecurity. 
because I spotted as I was giving a presentation a couple of typos because mm-hmm. I had done some copy and pasting from another executive summary and forgot to take some stuff out that applied to a different client. And I'm thinking, God, I hope he doesn't see that. I hope <laughs> he doesn't see that. Um, and then I was getting some pushback about what I was saying, but I was able to substantiate the data that we had. Um, and I was still able to win the client. I was really surprised when he told me he was he was going to move forward and go with Sense IT. And I was thinking, man, that was probably my worst. And I bet you a lot of people would have looked at it and thought I had, had done a pretty good job. But I know what I expect out of me. And 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 I push really hard to to make sure that I'm dotting every I and crossing every T and I'm ready for every presentation. Um, because I just feel like and I used to say this when when I was in corporate. I remember this manager I used to talk to from time to time, just, you know, kicking it with him, talking about stuff. And he was asking me at the time, he's like, why are you in here 12 hours a day, going to school at night? Why are you doing so much to, to get ahead? And I said, man, when, when you're a minority in a, in a high-tech industry, you got to walk twice as fast just to stay one step behind. Exactly. And he was like, man, did you make that up? <laughs> yeah, that just came right. That just I'm going to steal that one. Can I steal that one? Or borrow? <laughs> yeah, man. <you> <laughs> And it's interesting that you say that because I kind of faced that in corporate America as well. When I was a VP of sales, I didn't have my college degree until later in life when I went back to get my business management degree from the University of Minnesota. And one of the things that I did early on in my career is made sure that I took advantage of every development opportunity that organizations provided. But you're right. You touched on the fact that you have to cross every T, dot every I. For example, even on my podcast, you see that I wear a white shirt and tie because I'm just conditioned to have executive presence because you have to look the part, be the part, and act the part. And for you, that obviously has been a personal model that allowed you to get through your career with a level of success, right? Yes, definitely. Um, Whenever I go to my presentations, I always got a shirt and tie on usually a full suit if it's not too hot out. Um, but yeah, you definitely got to look the part, man, definitely. Yeah. One, and one of the things, Todd, I mean, I'm sorry, Troy, that you said, you like to read a room, and that's one of the skill sets that you've developed and that allowed you to, one, develop relationships, but get ahead in your career. How do you do that? What's a tip that you can give someone to help them be better at reading the room? Listen. <laughs> Before you say anything, listen, 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 listen. Um, people don't know you're stupid until it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> I love you it. Be, I love it. You could be thinking of the stupidest question <laughs> in the world. Um, but um, if you don't say anything, people don't know uh, how, how much you don't know until you open your mouth and show them how much you don't know. So I sit back and I listen, I listen, I listen. And um, and then I, I know where everybody is at in the room. And then I get into the conversation. That's awesome. Because I always tell people, you tell people who you are as soon as they hear you speak. And back to that opportunity that you were under the impression that you didn't do well when you secured it. Could it have been trust that you had developed that had already put you in a place where you were 
50% ahead of the game as it related to winning that opportunity. Because I know in a lot of different industries, trust is really important, especially when you're looking at coming in and taking over someone's IT, which is a critical aspect of their business. So how does trust play into what you do and could it have played a role in that situation? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. People, especially when you come across a client that knows IT, mm -hmm. um, that's when you really got to be on your P's and Q's and, and just admit sometimes they ask you something too technical. Just say, you know what, I'm going to check with my engineer and get back with you. Like, don't try to make something up, man. As soon as you try to make something up, that's when the, the trust is gone. It's out the window. You can kiss that account goodbye. So just be honest with people. You know, hey, I'm, I'm the business owner. I'm the sales guy. I do have a technical background, but I don't know everything technical. And uh, that's how I was able to win over my biggest client that I have today. because He's very technical. He was running all the IT for the company. It was just getting to be too much for him. He wanted somebody he could hand it over to. And he already trusted me because he knew me from my, my corporate um, days because I used to sell high-end projectors to his company. So when I came in, he knew how much I knew about IT. He knew I knew a lot about AV, um, but he trusted me because I didn't try to, you know, sell him anything that, that he didn't need because I knew he knew exactly um, what he needed. And, and I just wanted to show him, you can trust me. We're going to provide you with the best um, IT support and cybersecurity in the industry. And I was able to get him to move forward with me, even though I had I was brand new to IT, was brand new um, um, IT franchise. And but he trusted us, and he's he's been, he's my biggest client now. I've been with him for about a year now. Okay. And folks, you are listening to my special guest Troy Cobb, who is the executive sales director at Cinch IT, based here in Atlanta, a longtime personal friend of mine from New Jersey, Willemboro, New Jersey, to be exact. And Troy, one of the things that you just mentioned was that you didn't sell him what he didn't need. And I've managed salespeople from your entry level sales representatives to your high level national accounts. And, you know, for the most part, most people are always worried about how much revenue they can generate so they can increase their commission. Why is it important to work with professionals that you engage? with the mindset that you are there to help them and provide a solution versus putting money in your pocket and selling them things that they don't need? Oh man, because when you build that, build up that relationship of trust, um, the money's going to follow that. So if you, when, when, when you start, when you get a client and you start doing things that are questionable and they have to start going and, and checking on everything that you tell them to do, it's not going to be a good relationship. Um, when a client comes to me and they say, Troy, I need a new laptop for this client, I mean, for this employee that's going to be doing marketing, um, we immediately tell them, hey, this is the laptop you need. We're not going to try to get you some $3,000 laptop with all these bells and whistles and everything when it's just when it's somebody that's doing marketing, they might have a few applications that they're using to do the marketing, but they don't need a, a, soup, a souped up um, video card or um, a crazy amount of RAM. They pretty much need a basic business laptop, and that's what we're going to get for you. We're not going to try to sell you on, on something that, that, that you really don't need. And, and, and after a while, the orders just, just start coming in, and they don't question what you say because they trust you. 
They know that you got their back. And I, I'd rather have that that 10 year relationship rather than a two year relationship where I tried to get them for every dime I could get them. I'd rather have that trusted 10 year relationship where it's going to be uh, everybody gets to eat that way. Right. Exactly. You know, they, they, they keep their budget under control and you keep making some money and everybody's happy. I, I can appreciate that. Troy, one of the things that I like to talk to people about when they think about their youth, you know, whether it had been an organization that they were a part of, the band that they were a member of, or a sports team, how did sports play a factor in how you are as a business professional today? Oh, man, football was everything for me, man. And you should know that from all the times I hit you in the backfield. <laughs> So, so go back real quick. Um, Octavius was a running back for uh, Pemberton High School. I was a middle linebacker for Willenbrook High School. So I was captain of the defense. And we used to spend every week, you know, you play a different high school. And so all week I would just study film. I'm just studying in Octavius, studying Octavius, studying Octavius. And I knew every behavior he would do before the play. And like if you jumped up, I still remember to this day, if you jumped up and started shuffling your feet like this, it was a draw. If you if you it was it was different things you would do. I'm like, he's going to the right, he's going to the right. I studied film, I studied Octavius Gould every single year for a whole week to make sure we could stop him. Because he was pretty much the only person we had to stop on defense. But that discipline is what you take into business. Like I have a presentation tomorrow for a what would be my largest client ever. And I've been studying film. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at what the um, the services that they have now with the present IT company. And I'm looking for flaws and I'm looking for weaknesses. And I'm and I'm gonna come at them with a presentation just like I came at you with a defense um, to stop your offense. So it taught me discipline, it taught me preparation, and it taught me to be able to perform once I'm on that stage, once I'm on that field, stay calm. You, you educated yourself. You've prepared. You practice. You're ready. Don't get nervous. Let's do this. That's there what you football taught There you go. And I tell you what, Troy, as you as you probably know, I have tremendous respect for my Willenboro brothers. <laughs> you know, not only from a competitive perspective, but friendships that have developed for three decades. And I speak to many of you gentlemen, as I call you all, from the borough on a regular basis. And that just makes me feel good because it brings back very fond memories. Troy, how can people get in touch with you? What is the best way to get in touch with you, your website? Yeah, give me a call. I'm at uh, Eric Code 678-899-9590. Or shoot me an email at troy.cobb at senseit.com. Or you can go to our website, senseit.com. I'm the Sandy Springs office. And if you are a listener or someone who views my podcast on YouTube, this is a gentleman that I have tremendous respect for. Troy Cobb will not only help you tackle some of the things that keep you up at night within your business environment, but more importantly, he will be someone that you can trust who will become a friend. So, Troy, I appreciate you being on my podcast. We're going to have to do this in person in Atlanta after we go somewhere and have some soul food. Okay, man. Sounds good. <laughs> well, I just want to thank everyone for joining today. Hit like, subscribe, and share. 
make sure that you follow Troy, reach out to him if you have some IT needs, and I'll see you on the next episode. Troy, thank you for being here today. I appreciate you, my friend. You have a great day, and everyone be safe. All right. Thanks, Dr.